wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rose, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck dude. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at Wrestling TWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificent, you're going to be mine. Here's Jonathan Hood. It's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. Jonathan Hood with you. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestling TWT. Again, is it Wrrestling TWT for Instagram and Twitter? Also, our YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for special clips and interviews you might have missed. Look for youtube.com and look for Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. On the show today, we will hear from Low Key. MLW wrestler, formerly of the WWE, wrestled in Japan, wrestled all over the world. You will really enjoy this conversation I'm going to have with Low Key in a matter of moments right here on TWT. We talk about a lot of things. We talk about his career, what he wants to accomplish next. We get into Zelina Vega, which is a topic that we'll talk about in a little bit as well here on TWT and a lot more. So, as I talk about some other things around the world of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment, stay tuned for that low-key conversation that's right around the corner right here on TWT. All right, let us start off and talk about a really good Monday Night Raw that took place this past Monday on the 16th of November. So, in all honesty... Because of my hood cave, and I got multiple televisions in my hood cave, I'm down there. Monday Night Football's on, and for those of you listening around the country uh, and around the world, I am a beleaguered, tired, beat-down Chicago Bears football fan. And so to cover Monday Night Raw and the Chicago Bears... I'm watching both at the same time. So I'm watching the Bears lose and show an aptitude offensively against Minnesota. And I'm watching Monday Night Raw. And I said, you know, this Monday Night Raw is looking pretty good. It was a pretty good show, including seeing Drew McIntyre regain the WWE Championship as he defeated Randy Orton. Not on pay-per-view, but right there on Monday Night Raw, a moment took place where there was a major title change on Monday Night Raw. I can't remember the last time I... Remember seeing that live, but I saw it live on Monday. McIntyre is the champion again. And Drew McIntyre's got to be having flashbacks to their brutal matches at Hell in a Cell and Clash of Champions in an ambulance match. Asked about the mental balance of Randy Orton. How about Drew McIntyre now? Who understands Orton can use any weapon of his choice. Doing all right, you big Scott. Look at the ribs. Now, I understand official Adam Pierce came out here. And he's probably doing this. Going after the previously broken jaw of Drew McIntyre. Oh, he's got that pressure on that jaw. Oh, my God. That's steel. McIntyre's been competing with the injury for a number of months. Stipulation may be a gift now for the WWE and champion. that's what I was getting at. I mean, I'm obviously... 
Adam Pearce came out here in, in, in hopes of, of maybe giving Drew McIntyre a better shot, but he may have just played right in the hands of Randy Orton. Well, trying to corral Randy Orton to keep him in this match, because remember, this Sunday at Survivor Series, one of these two men is going to face oh. the Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. Oh. Oh. shot from that steel chair to the lower back of Drew McIntyre. Now Orton into the cover, tucks the arm and a kick out. And now McIntyre again trying to kick out Orton another cover. Not going to work there. And look how satisfied Randy Orton is. Those pins, though, ineffective. Though they did not work, they wear out. They wear on the top. Again, just think about all the damage that Orton has inflicted on the lower back of Drew McIntyre. That would not do Drew McIntyre any favor. And now Orton trying to crawl into the cover to retain the title on a kick out. Was barely kicking out did Drew McIntyre. And now McIntyre trying to turn it around. It might be Claymore time. This is the third time now. Oh, he's looking for it. Trying to set up Orton. Oh, target left. Here we go. Oh, no, power oh, slam. Beautiful power slam counter. My gosh. It's Drew McIntyre about to fall to the three most dangerous letters in all of sports entertainment. Oh, Here we go. Time for the RKO. Claymore. Claymore. Oh, we got him. So Drew McIntyre once again as a WWE champion. Boy, that was a quick reign for Randy Orton. You know, maybe it doesn't matter to Randy Orton, but as I said before, 2020 is some of the best work that we've seen from Randy Orton. From WrestleMania to all the major events leading into his matches with Edge to defeat Drew McIntyre initially for the WWE Championship. It was an appreciation that I had for Orton because of the work he put in. It didn't seem like the same color by numbers, five moves from Randy Orton that we've seen for a decade. Uh, Randy really worked hard and I think the creative for him was great. Always knew he was evil, but I think he turned it up several notches to the point where it's like, okay, you can see why people look at him as a future Hall of Famer. And then just like that, championship is taken away from him. Just like that. And Drew McIntyre now will take on Roman Reigns at Survivor Series uh, coming up uh, this weekend. And it's kind of like um, Roman Reigns against Randy Orton. Uh, Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre. I could take either one of those matches. I don't know what is in store for Survivor Series, but I know that I appreciate what Randy Orton brought to the table and Drew McIntyre, the pandemic champion. The thing that we'll never know about Drew McIntyre, at least not during this time, is how McIntyre and the fans, the connection, right? Because there are no fans in the stands. They're not traveling the WWE. So that's the thing that I'll never know. But I thought it was a really, really well laid out match. Some intrigue there. And just because you're thinking, like, why is there a title match on Raw? Is the t title going to switch? And it did. Um, I didn't even think about whether or not Randy Orton was going to retain or not. I just enjoyed the match for what it was. And I thought it, they did a really nice job there. So McIntyre, once again, is the company champion of the WWE. Something else, too, that we saw, and all of this leads into Survivor Series, I get it. But that kind of match, I'd pay for to see Drew McIntyre one more time. Uh, vibe for the championship and then the raw tag team championship the new day the champions taking on the hurt business and the new day defeat the hurt business uh via pinfall to retain the championships i thought this was a fantastic match everybody was going full speed at this one uh as we saw some convincing near falls it was good to see shelton benjamin on the mic <laughs> I saw him on the bike in the promo leading into this. And it's just like, there was a stumble there. And it's kind of like, well, that's what's held Shelton Benjamin back. Not that he can't wrestle. He's always been a terrific uh, performer for the WWE. It's just that he's got 
Bobby Eaton's mic skills. And even with the stumble, they leapt it in. They allowed him to just speak because what he does in the ring speaks for itself. That's why I love him in this group because he doesn't have to do all the talking. That's why you have MVP, a revitalized, fresh MVP uh, with this group. And so um, we look forward to seeing what happens here with the uh, Hurt Business moving forward. But now we will see the new day for the Survivor Series match with the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits. And that should be as interesting as well. And, you know, a couple other matches that stood out, but nothing more important than what I would consider this era's dream match to see the New Day and the Hurt Business in there. And now we're going to see the New Day against the Street Profits. It's just what you love is to see something that you haven't seen before. And it's great when you can watch a Monday Night Raw or watch Survivor Series coming up and not know exactly what to expect, right? And so that's going to be the intrigue coming up for Survivor Series. And as some other things here, Bray Wyatt, we saw him. It wasn't even The Fiend. It was Bray Wyatt against The Miz. And, you know, it was good to see Bray Wyatt out there. I've never seen someone wrestle in a cardigan sweater but there he was in his winter sweater, what he's always worn uh, as he t- took on The Miz. And just that that match didn't mean as much to me as much as it is. It seems like Bray Wyatt is facing The Fiend. The Fiend was on the screen as Bray Wyatt won his match as he skips up the uh, rampway after he applies his sister Abigail. There is Alexa Bliss with him. That's an odd couple right there. And so I'll look forward to seeing what happens uh, in the future with Bray Wyatt. Could we see a match where Bray Wyatt takes on The Fiend? Is that in WrestleMania? That's something that could happen, you know. Who knows? But I I thought that Monday Night Raw was pretty solid, especially the in-ring stuff. And uh, it drew a less than a two rating, of course, against Monday Night Football. I think about 1.67 point is, though, is that there's a lot of people that were taken off guard by how good this Monday Night Raw was going to be, especially in the ring with a title change and then another tag team dream match. Very, very intriguing. So let's talk about Zelina Vega, better known as Thea Trinidad Bungeon. So the WWE has come to terms on the release of Zelina Vega. As the tweet always has, you know, when they release someone, the WWE, they always say, we wish her well and wish her all the best in her future endeavors. So shortly before the release was announced, Selena Vega posted on Twitter that she supports unionization, unions. Vega, along with Paige and AJ Styles, was one of the more prominent WWE superstars impacted by the recent edict about Twitch accounts. So Vega recently launched an OnlyFans account where people can purchase pictures of her wearing cosplay outfits. There is a strict non-nude policy there. Um, Vega signed with the WWE in 2017. She was the manager of Andrade, as you well know, and then later Angel Garza. From the beginning until the act was broken up in recent months, she was moved to SmackDown after not being selected in the WWE draft, and she is married currently to WWE superstar Aleister Black. So Aleister Black and Zelina Vega are married. The question I would have, number one, is how many times will Aleister Black go through a table? Now that Vega says, I want to be part of a union. I don't want to be proud of the WWE. So now what happens to Aleister Black? Does he go through a table 10 times because of how outspoken Zelina Vega has been? That's the question I would have. Anyway, so here's here's what I have said in the past, and I'll say it again for those of you listening to me for the first time. So Zelina Vega wants to continue to have her Twitch account. And the WWE and Vince McMahon said we're getting rid of all third-party accounts. You cannot have a Twitch account. You cannot be on a different platform other than the WWE. Now, Selena Vega was on Twitch under her real name. It wasn't under Selena Vega because this is something that was an edict that was brought down. Like, hey, you can't use your stage name, your wrestling name. Your shoot name you could use, but you can't use a wrestling name. Now, Vince McMahon says, no, whatever money that you are making 
outside of the WWE on platforms like Twitch, you can't do it anymore. You have to do it under our umbrella. I don't think the WWE uh, company has a Twitch account. I have no idea if they do or don't. But the point is, though, is that there were a number of wrestlers that were making good coin, good money away from the WWE, and Vince doesn't want you to do that now. And Zelina's like, nope, I want to do this. And, and, she's, and they said, okay, well, you're fired. And so she's now out of the company because she stood her ground and said, no, this is a platform for me. Now, it's interesting. I have a friend of mine. I will not say his name. There's a friend of mine that is in the business, a prominent name in the radio and television business in Chicago. And this person has his own podcast. He has his own other deals that he's working on to be able to expand his platform. And the station that he works for, a prominent station in Chicago, has told my friend that you cannot have your own podcast or platform. What's the matter? Are you unhappy with our platform? Why do you have to go and do your own podcast? Now, when it comes to WWE, it's very clear. The WWE does not want you to make money outside of their company. Now, I don't know how much Zelina Vega was making in the WWE, but clearly it was satisfying enough for her to be able to make money off of Twitch. And to, to me, I just think that if you are the WWE and you have a talent that wants to use their own name, not even the, their wrestling name, their own name, and to be able to express them to themselves and talk to fans away from the WWE umbrella, actually, that's not a bad thing. What I would advise talent is do not embarrass the company. If you embarrass the company, then I can give you termination. If you talk about storylines, if you talk about what's going on at your job, what's going on as far as backstage politics, all that stuff, if you disparage the company in any way, I have a right to be able to let you go because... Even though we're not in a kayfabe era of professional wrestling where everything is out on the table, where you get all these dirt sheets and information from place to place, the bottom line is is that if even Vince McMahon would have to draw a line and say, okay, you can't use your wrestling name, but you can go ahead and talk to fans because you talking to fans are a conduit right back into the company. So even though the WWE is a massive company, it was great for wrestlers to be able to reach out and talk to other people, playing video games and having a fun time and be able to reach out to fans on their own time, away from the company, when when they're not on the road. Now, there's two sides of this story, and we're going to hear from Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca about this from Busted Open in just a moment. But my stance is, is that if you have a talent radio talent, TV talent, if you have a professional wrestler and that wrestler wants to be able to expand their brand, they should be able to do that as long as they don't disparage the company. It's just more income for that wrestler. And the WWE is not traveling. Many of the wrestling companies around the world are not traveling. And because of that, yeah, they have a contract and they're going to either Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, and that's fine. But you should still be able to expand on your brand. As long as you're not dissing the company, I don't see a major problem with this. But some do. And so now, when Zelina Vega says that wrestling should be unionized, she sounds like Jesse Ventura in the 80s. Jesse Ventura, Jesse the Body Ventura said the same thing. Back in the early 80s, he's like, you know what? Wrestling should unionize. And then Hulk Hogan told Vince McMahon that Jesse's trying to unionize. And Jesse... Um, was really in a bad way, the WWE, to the point where at, at some point he was let go. <laughs> so it's it's interesting how that comes full circle. Unions in wrestling. I'm a person that's a union person. I am part of SAG-AFTRA. So, I, you know, that covers actors and talk show hosts and speechwriters, media people, entertainers. So I'm a union person because my radio station I work for in Chicago, ESPN 1000, is a union shop. So I'm part of the union. I've been part of the union for 15 years. I love being part of SAG-AFTRA because we have rights. Because we're not ruled just by 
ESPN or Good Karma or Intercom or Bonneville or whatever radio station, we are part of a union at the station. So I enjoy it. That's what Zelina's shooting for. So there's been a lot of controversy about this. I believe that wrestlers should be able to play video games with Twitch because now you're just trying, now it expands your audience even more so. Like, oh my God, you mean Rusev is playing video games? It's not even his real name. And people understand this is not the kayfabe era. You should be able to uh, be able to be have a connection to fans on a different level than just on screen camera, uh, on screen camera person, right? To me, more than just talent that you see on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, you should be able to get to the grassroots. And Vince McMahon is trying to cut off the money for athletes that want to do this in the WWE. So there was Dave Meltzer breaking it down with Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer, and he breaks down the release of Zelina Vega. And the economics of the situation is that ultimately this is what had to happen. There was no other way out because she was making more money on her stuff than she was on her WWF deal. So it would be foolish to give the stuff up and WWE would have to then fire her, and she knows that, you know, even though maybe she was disappointed about it. It was like, they said, if you don't do it, you're fired. So she had to give it up. She didn't give it up, so she was fired. So that was the story. But there was like, from her standpoint, I mean, I know that there's some people who were kind of doing a thing of like, well, she chose Twitch above WWE, but it's like, if you're making more money on Twitch than WWE, then why would you... You know what I mean? Why would you make that decision when you can keep your Twitch and she's going to get paid for 90 days? And when that 90 days is up, she's going to go somewhere and she'll probably get the same, if not more money somewhere else, just because obviously her WWE deal wasn't that high. So, I mean, there was, you know, I think that, that the gist that I could gather from her is that she was sad that it ended, but there was no way around it. Um, you know, um, so it's what happened. I mean, like what happens from it is, is going to be very interesting because of, you know, Andrew Yang and Gabriel Gutierrez and, and, you know, it, it opens up, that opens up a big, a big deal. And now that all plays out, you know, um, it'll be interesting to find out. I mean, the one thing is, is that, um, I mean, there's so, there's so much to this because, you know, you, you know, if they were employees, then WWE would have a say-so in telling them not to do this. But as independent contractors, trying to say that Twitch is a competitor to WWE, you know what I mean? It's like saying, well, we, we, you can't work for a direct competitor like AEW. Okay, that's yeah, an, an independent contractor. You can do that. But Twitch is not a competitor to WWE. So saying that on your off time... When you're not on their clock and you're independent, you can't do a Twitch thing. Now, they could obviously say you cannot use the name Zelina Vega, but it's more than that. I mean, it's like this was not about her refusing to change her name from Zelina Vega to Thea Budgen or Thea Trinidad or whatever. You know, it wasn't that. Um, it was like you have to drop this. And that becomes real tricky when you're supposed to be an independent contractor and people are looking at that. And, you know, I mean, the one thing that everyone's talking, you know, been bring they've been bringing up a lot is Bruce Pritchard does have an independent thing going and he's not even an independent contractor. He's an employee and he's allowed to have his independent thing going. But that's because when he when he signed his deal, he said, I've got to keep my thing and, and then said, OK, as long as you don't talk about current WWE on the thing, you can you can do it. So that was the deal that they made. Uh, but if you're a talent and you're seeing this, you're seeing he's getting all the benefits of an employee and he gets to keep his independent thing. We're independent contractors trying to make some money on the side because we're making, I mean, some of them, you know, again, like I explained on yesterday's show with, with Mike today is that, um, that, uh, there's two types of people under contract right now. And she's category a category a is the pre, um, the pre whatever, you know, you know, not the giant money contract to keep you away from AEW deal. It's just the contract that you sign where 
you're expecting to make way more by doing house shows and now there's no house shows so you're not making that much money um i mean you're you know you're making a good living but it's not like she's making a million dollars a year or anything like that in which case if she was she probably should give up twitch at that point but you know that's that's not the deal so you know the as far as will she be able to maintain her numbers without the wwe exposure over the long haul and i guess we'll find out or you know in at and at some point she's gonna get you know i mean as soon as the 90 days are up she's going somewhere she'll get a good deal she can talk um so it's like it's not the end of the world for her but the ramifications especially right now for wwe making the move right now it's a it's a tricky one because they have people who are looking at them and you know this is an issue that's been around for 40 years and how they you know they get away with it because they're a small company in 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 certain ways they don't employ a lot of people it's not like fedex you know and um you know fedex which which is a way bigger company than wwe got hammered on this very same issue but that's because they're a bigger stronger company and they're in the public eye wwe really isn't so but wwe is completely violating the standards of what the difference is. I mean, it's completely violating. It's not even, it's not even a debatable point. I guess some people can debate it, but I don't see how you debate it. And, you know, just by basis of what the, it's like some people think, oh, they're not going to introduce a new law and have to go through two houses. And it's like, no, you just have to in- enforce the code that's already there. And someone just go, look, what is this? You know? And it's like, you know, either you allow people, if you're an independent contractor, you got to allow people to work for other people in a different field. On, on on your days off i mean you know how do you there's no way you can you can rationalize that one i mean i know why wwe did it so they could um you know i mean they wanted a monopoly on that and it's been we've been through the whole discussion of it but um you know that's just the situation it had to happen because you know it just had to and that's the ramifications of of you know everything put into perspective and there was nothing else that I mean, she would have been, she couldn't really do anything else, um, really. And they had to do what they had to do because they had already made the threat. And if they didn't, then everybody else is going to go, what a, she's getting an exemption. Why aren't I getting an exemption? And then you're back to square one. Oh, that's Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer talking about it. What about Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca, my friend from Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, they talked about this as well. You got to keep in mind that because of the pandemic, because of the limited ratings that the WWE is getting across the board, I just believe that if you have your superstars popping up on different platforms, it just brings more people under the tent. Maybe people that are not cool at wrestling, but are cool with Twitch, Cameo, some of these other third-party deals that these wrestlers have, you want to make sure that they come and watch Monday Night Raw, watch SmackDown. It's one thing to be able to make money from these things, but also, I, you know, if I'm an employer, as long as they don't, as I mentioned, don't disparage the company, bring more people from outside the tent back underneath the tent. People that left wrestling years ago, maybe they come back and realize, well, this person has the time to play video games with me. This person has time to chat with me, having OnlyFans, all this stuff. Well, maybe I'll tune in. Maybe I'll watch now. You you never stop trying to bring more people more eyeballs on your product. Some thoughts now from Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca about Zelina Vega being let go by the WWE. So if you sign a contract and that contract is notarized by uh, a notary of your choice and then it's signed by the WWE and a notary of their choice and you shake hands and you agree and you have the four corners of the contract, what are you supposed to do? If the WWE lets Thea do a Twitch they got to let everybody do a Twitch. If they let her do a YouTube channel, they got to let everybody do a YouTube channel. And then this is where they feel like they are not in control. When you sign up to work with the WWE, you agree that it's their bat, it's their ball, it's their playing field, and you agree to the rules of their game. It's, it's, do I, it's, I feel it's, bad for her because you know what they did? They made an example out of her. That's what it seems like for sure. Oh, it without a doubt, like they made her without an example. Because there's all I, I'm right now, especially 
the, the Twitch and some of these other forms are for sure very, very popular. And I understand what you're saying about con but there's a few things here, and I'm going to throw it out there, and then I want to get the nation's take on it as well. Because you, you, you made the statement in, in the term, which is independent contractor. So when I think of independent contractor, I think of freelancer. That's what I, you know, you're not a full-time member of the WWE. And it seems like the employer is completely in control and the employee has no control whatsoever. Now, you mentioned the contract and that makes it legal. But, Bully, as you know, legal doesn't mean right. You know, we're, you know, you know right now, they didn't say, say, quote-unquote, Twitch specifically, now Twitch has become very, very popular. But we're also in a pandemic, you know, so there are, you have to take that into consideration. What, so, does, what does a pandemic have to do with the amount of money that any particular WWE superstar is making? That's well, why they have their downsides. Well, but you also see a, a, a record number of people over the last eight to nine months get let go by the WWE. So if I'm, if I'm working for the WWE and I'm an independent contractor, I'm not a full-time employee. Well, any day now, I can look at WWE.com, find out I got future endeavored. And so, then when you get future endeavored, you have to, then you can do your Twitch or your YouTube. That's true. But, but again, like there's perception and there's reality. Right now, my perception of the WWE is, is, extremely, is an extremely negative one. And, and, and here's the other thing. For a lot of fans, it's extremely negative as well. And these are the people that are going to be tuning into your pay-per-views and watching your show. Which, by the way, Bully, as you know, record lows when it comes to the ratings of the WWE. So, I mean, this is the public that you want to watch your show. When, when a story like... You know, Zelina Vega being terminated on Friday is everywhere and there's a lot of negativity to it. Hey, this is the public. This, the, these are the people that you say you want to put smiles on their faces. Well, for a lot of WWE fr fans on Friday, there weren't smiles, there were frowns. Great comments there by Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca talking about Zelina Vega. And one other note about this issue uh, we should hear from Zelina Vega herself. She was playing, uh, I guess, video games on Twitch, and she was talking to some of her followers on Twitch. They, of course, heard the news, like we all had heard, that she was let go because she wanted to do her own thing uh, with Twitch. And so let's hear from Zelina Vega in her own words, no longer part of the WWE and very disappointed. Stop it there. Some of the people she's addressing are obviously... Um users on this page that's why you hear okay. professor john gotti and sensei that's not her actual sensei but there she is obviously she well and, and also and upset. let me let me applaud her again and for and she's obviously she falls into the category of one of those people who wanted to do this and wanted to be involved in this but still wasn't going to put up with shit that she didn't feel was right so jim Cornette and brian lass are talking about this so let's hear from Zelina her own words because Cornette backs her and Dave LaGreca backs her. And I think Billy Ray does to an extent. Uh, you heard from Dave Meltzer. What about Zelina? What does she think? I'm just, I'm sad. I'm completely heartbroken. Um, but Broncos fan, thank you. Obviously, this isn't the last that you're going to see of me. I don't know what the future's going to hold. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know I'm going to be here, so I hope you all will stay. But God, my heart is beating so fast. Um, I love you all, though, and I'm really, really thankful to each and every single one of you. If I go down as someone who stood up for themselves and you know, so be it. But I'm still thankful and I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just heartbroken. Um, because doing this, being a wrestler is all I ever wanted to do. Snake twisted, thank you. Um, so I don't really know what to say. I don't really know. Like, there's so many things that I, I want to say, but I don't know how. Um, 
I, I, like I said, I'm just saying thank you to everybody. Thank you for the amazing locker room that I had, all the girls that supported me, from the makeup ladies to the referees, everybody, people in the office, everyone, the crowd, everyone, literally everyone. Thank you, Sensei. I will forever be passionate and forever be thankful for everything that I've ever gotten. I've worked, I've worked so hard for this all my life. You know, I started when I was 17 and, um, yeah, Professor John Gotti, thank you. So thoughts from Zelina Vega as she was on, I believe on Twitch playing video games was still responding to uh, her fans and you can hear the d- disappointment. Let's see where she's going to be in 90 days. be interesting to see where she is after her contract is done with the WWE. All right, let's talk some Major League Wrestling. Got a chance to talk to Low Key. Been wrestling for a long time, and he's one of the prominent faces on Major League Wrestling. Uh, let's go back and hear that conversation I had just a few moments ago. Just finished up with Low Key, and I want you to hear our conversation right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Uh, very interesting. Listen all the way through. I think that you'll find some of his comments very interesting about a number of things. MLW, Zelina Vega, uh, his future, very intriguing from low key. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So happy to see MLW coming back to the forefront. The restart is here. It takes place on Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central. You can see it on a number of platforms, including YouTube and also Fubo Sports. Low Key, former MLW uh, fighter, is with us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Low Key, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for giving us some of your time tonight. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. How's uh, life for you right now? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good with the restart getting ready to take uh, take hold. I'm uh, feeling pretty good about the direction of how things have gone, especially considering the past, what, eight months or so of how things have been all around the world. Mm-hmm. It's good to uh, get that break and uh, reestablish uh, some good attention for once. I was wondering how that is for you personally, mentally and physically, having that time off. And you've been going full stop for a long time in your career. What's that been like being away from the ring, uh, you know, in a, in a physical way on a regular basis and now getting back into the swing of things? Well, being away from the ring this long is unusual, but at least in my respect, I never stopped training. So even if you don't see me actively, excuse me, uh, if you don't see me actively in a ring, that doesn't mean I'm not training. I'm always training. So the the actual in-ring break is not only because it's, uh, I just never stopped training. Uh, Varied my training over several months over the summertime. I'm always challenging myself and, uh, 2016, I tried to swim Alcatraz and failed, but maintain my uh, maintain my swim training. You know, I, I'm here to perform at the highest level, so regardless if there's a ring or not, I'm always in top shape. Are you gonna go back at it again? Give it another try? Oh yeah, I want to. Mother Nature's gonna get a second shot. Yeah, yeah, don't blame me for that. It's going to be great. The the MLW restart, um, you know, being at all the MLW cards in the Chicagoland area in Cicero, low-key, first of all, it reminds me of the old days, you know, in a smaller building, and Chicago always sells out because this city's crazy for wrestling. It is just on fire. Whatever comes through this town, as you well know, Chicago loves the business. What, what, is, what can MLW fans look forward to as far as the restart is concerned, getting back to, uh, on the scene? Well, getting back to, to the restart, getting back to being on the scene for pro wrestling. I mean... It's this is the the concept of major league wrestling is is where we celebrate pro wrestling as a combat sport, not as sports entertainment. We don't have a fighting team. We got a butch, uh, excuse me, a booker and a matchmaker. 
that's how we, we diversify what we have because we want our our fighting athletes, we want our guys to, to put their best foot forward. Uh, I was able to experience things like this in Japan, uh, being uh, first generation uh, zero one, uh, being first generation ring of honor, being first generation TNA, you know, understanding what works, what doesn't. The, the true athletes, the true sportsmen who, who know their craft. With Major League Wrestling, we got a variety of very, very high-level fighting athletes. We have a lineage that's being upheld at the highest level with uh, Marshall and Ross Von Erich. We have uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., part of the Hart family, the son of the legendary British Bulldog. Um, ultimate Fighters, we got Tom Waller, King Moe from Bellator. In their corner, or excuse me, in most corners, you got Dan Lambert, the head of American Top Team. We got just super athletes. And when I mean super, I mean super heavyweights. We got Calvin Tankman, the dude's like 350, moving around like somebody my size. And then you got someone like Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu is our world champion, but he's also been a juggernaut for the past two years. So, I mean, we have a, a big variety of guys and excitement. It covers a wide, uh, a wide range of the taste and the flavor of what uh, combat sports really brings. Jonathan Hood with Low Key, MLW fighter. The restart is here. It takes place on Wednesday, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central, you know, FUBU Sports, as well as YouTube.com. He joins us here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Low Key, how has the business changed over the years from when you started to where you are right now? The ebb and flow of the business, what stands out most? Um, the maturity. I think the biggest issue right now that we face is these are younger generation uh, athletes. The men and women, we're getting more showcased women, which is good. They've always been hiding in the shadows and they need to be showcased more. But we also need to demand more from them because the, the, the playing field for the men is deep and is similar to the NBA. Or if you have the NBA and the WNBA, NBA is, is bigger, more power, and the WNBA is more finesse, more technique, more grace. So, you know, it, we want top quality no matter what. That's what we're aiming for. And that's, that seems to be the, the game plan moving forward with the additions to the roster, the reloading of the roster, and uh, just with the concepts moving forward. I'm always uh, offering ideas because I've been around long enough to understand what works and what doesn't on smaller scale and more mainstream national scale. There's a, there's a psychology used in matchmaking. There's a psychology used in event uh, production. So there, there's a lot of elements that I get to see that I haven't seen in the past only because of experience or lack of experience. Now, I see that what's going to pay the bills, at least on our end, we have to feature the most ferocious. We have to feature the best athletes. We got to feature the guys who are coming and the girls who are coming with the biggest attitudes, simply because it's time to get busy. The older style of sports-dominated entertainment, or excuse me, sports entertainment dominating the, the landscape, that uh, I think that's coming to an end. I think you could tell that from just interest. And again, I could base it on just watching the show weekly and then just being in Chicago. You, can you tell that there is a difference in the crowd, the appreciation of the crowd when the MLW fighters are out there versus other places that you've been? I think so. And I, I think there is a difference with the appreciation level of MLW's fighting athletes because the people genuinely recognize how hard these guys are going, how hard the girls are going when we had girls on the roster. So it's an issue of respect, which I think it, it displays the appreciation to a genuine level from the audience, especially in Chicago. Every time we've gone there, we packed the house. They're loud. They're having fun. We get swamped on the way in. We get swamped on the way out. It, it's a really good vibe there. I told Court Bauer, Loki, I said, I don't think you realize this or not, but MLW ran against the Cubs versus White Sox, which is a huge rivalry. Uh, you yeah. think the, do you think the matchers are pretty strong at MLW? You should see them in the stands at Wrigley Field or, or guaranteed rate uh, because Sox fans and Cubs fans are fighting each other. Similar to, you know, similar to where you're from with the Yankees and Mets, there's a, a disrespect there. They don't like each other. The same thing. I said, I said, I don't know if you realize this, Court, uh, but MLW sold out against Cubs and Sox. 
which is almost uh, virtually impossible. And so that's a tip of the cap to the company. Yes, yes. And that is a tip of the cap to the hard work overall of the machine. The MLW machine is not one person uh, doing it, every, doing everything. It's not one person. It's a team effort. Uh, we have a lot of really, really deep experienced people on the on the on the managerial side, on the administrative side. So it's it's a, a moving moving parts kind of machine. But the people who are moving these pieces, these are people who are coming with experience and not like other places where reasonably the people they're not competent for the position because they don't have the proper experience. Here, the court does try to try to orchestrate a, a well-oiled machine through experience. And I think because of that, that's why we get the response we get. Loki, okay, I'm fascinated by Gary Hart, someone that you worked with. Um, and I'm fascinated by him because when people ask me about my Mount Rushmore of managers, Gary Hart is in my top four for where, where he was in Puerto Rico, uh, in the United States, uh, as a booker, as an on-air talent. I just thought that he was tremendous and still underrated. What, what am I missing about Gary Hart that maybe most don't know? It's, it's the, the ability to orchestrate it's one thing to to understand one thing it's another thing it's another thing to understand 10 different things and then it's another thing to understand those 10 different things and then be able to put them together to create something great gary's contributions creatively gary's contributions on camera gary's contributions as far as guidance He's he could reasonably be on on a monument on his own, and it's because he he approached it with intelligence. That's one of the biggest issues that I have with a lot of the younger generation guys. the The, the intelligence factor is is almost non-existent because they would much prefer to just be enjoying the moment rather than understanding what they're doing and put their best foot forward. Gary wasn't about nonsense. He let everyone know he had the blade. So, even that, he, uh, everyone respected his ability to contribute. Why? Because it was intelligent. It's like sitting here, stomping your feet and holding your breath until you get what you want. It's actually, there's an intelligent response uh, in, in whatever it is he's talking about. I've tried to use that. Um, I, being groomed by him and the original MLW, being groomed by Jim Kettner, who's a part of uh, ECWA, the owner of the ECWA for 43 years. I come from older generation grooming. So in understanding that, Gary, his intelligence, he's been gone for a while and his intelligence is still showing that it, it holds true. So there is a craft to this. And I think this is the extension. Major League Wrestling is the extension of Gary because this is the outlet that... that is in contrast to everything else that's out there. We're not trying to to dumb you down. We're not trying to insult your intelligence. We want you to enjoy what you're watching, but understand these men and women, they're going at it. These are pros. These are, these are not amateurs. Uh, the blade was always handy, though, Loki, right? You knew where it was. <laughs> it was rather convincing, yes. <laughs> okay stories just wondering yeah I, I, but it was, it was something where uh, if he needed it it was always there correct yes yes the almighty equalizer okay um so our guy uh that works here at espn chicago jim cutler and he works all over the country as a voiceover talent uh mm -hmm. okay we don't know exactly where he lives we believe it's in some um it's probably in some cabin in Michigan someplace. We don't have a number for Jim Cutler, but his voice resonates where if we need something, we email it to him and he sends it back. I, I know you've dabbled in voiceovers as well. What's that like being a voiceover talent? It's, it's fun. It's You're getting to use what you use on a daily basis almost like without thought. You get to use it creatively. I related or... or related it to similarly to what I did for motion capture for video games. Physically, I'm, I'm in condition enough to do wrestling. You know, I'm an athlete, but in motion capture, I have to portray something and someone else, not myself. So in voice work, it's you're portraying something. There's descriptions associated with what's being required by the client. So the challenge is creatively delivering 
but it's delivering something that others appreciate uh, you can get compensated for which is nice but a lot of the times people they they don't recognize that they listen it's almost similar to how you hear your own voice in your own head and it sounds different when you hear yourself on on uh, on tape mm-hmm. um similarly to that sometimes you catch yourself and or people listen and they're like wait that's you like, yeah well it doesn't even sound like you i'm standing right here <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it can be really really fun and uh i was fortunate enough, enough just because of uh i guess close proximity when we did the tna video game in 2006 sal devita which was one of the creators for mortal kombat he had a, a conference call to recruit me for doing the the voice work for the the main character of the game where i had to do a cold read for him and uh they made the selection and I was able to do the lead character for the game. And that's, what, 2006 or 14 years ago? And that experience alone, it, it helped me see a whole different world of, of production, a whole different world of, of you as an individual being able to produce something beyond what people can see. So, I mean, the voice work stuff is, is a lot of fun. Yeah, Jim, we haven't seen Jim Loki, but we know that that guy is a millionaire because that's what he does. <laughs> He's he's, get, he's getting he is stacking checks from all over the country, just utilizing yeah. his voice as a voice of some uh, something like one hundred some odd radio stations across the country. It's like we've never seen Jim, but we know he's stacking that paper. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, it's it can be very very lucrative, especially when you take it seriously and you do very well, you treat it with respect, just like wrestling. And I'm telling you, it's it's. You don't necessarily have to be yourself. You you can do something else, but due to the best of your ability, and there is an art to this. There is a a manner of how to operate, and just like a muscle, you take care of this uh, this voice, and you know, reasonably, you should keep it until you you pass away. So, it's something that you can you can have a lot of fun with. MLW, the restart, it takes place on Wednesday, the 18th of November. Again, you can watch it on YouTube starting at 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time on Wednesday. Also, Fubo Sports and Low Key joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, and Low Key, as a former uh, WWE superstar, you were part of that uh uh, of that company for several years. Would you have any advice for a former talent in Zelina Vega? The story has resonated uh, beyond just uh, pro wrestling or sports entertainment. Now it's gotten into SAG-AFTRA. It's gotten into the news cycle where Zelina Vega uh, was let go by the WWE because she wanted to hold on to her Twitch channel. Um, and the WWE, of course, is telling wrestlers that you cannot have a, a third-party um, platform. You have to be able to do it under the WWE umbrella. And Zelina said, no, I'm going to hold on to Twitch because it's lucrative for me and I'm not using my talent name. Um, would you have any advice for her now that she's on the outside looking in? Yeah, crush them. <laughs> WWE has made it a business of dominating and suppressing people in order for them to monopolize. Believe me, I am not a fan, nor will I ever be because of my own personal experience there. But for every individual who considers themselves a professional, you have to understand what you're getting yourself into when you go in that environment. I don't need to sit here and berate the company, but the same people are still in charge. A lot of the people who are in that environment for a long time are in charge. So you think that the behaviors are gonna change? Everyone's sitting there with their hands up in the air wondering, oh, why me? But you guys made the agreement to go into that environment. You were trying to change, but understood that you can only go so far depending on who's making the shot, who's calling the shots. And ultimately, it's Vince. So do whatever you need to do to take care of you and your family and make your money as long as you're not hurting anybody. What seems to be the problem? What they're trying to do is they're trying to be greedy. They're trying to say, hey, we gave you a platform. We're responsible for your hype. So if you leave, we're not going to allow you to do this or that. It's old style booking. It's old style uh, monopolizing by greed. So, you know, for me, my advice to her, crush them. I got no problem with that. 
Loki, lastly, and I appreciate your time, could you tell me something that you haven't done that you'd love to accomplish, goals that you have set for yourself for the business or in your life that you really want to say, hey, you know, I want to to go for this? Well, this is, it's been, (laughs) you may be the first person to actually call me out on this and ask me straight up. I've been in discussions with matchmakers. I've been in, in research and development stages and there's one thing that I've wanted to do that I haven't been able to do. And because of Major League Wrestling being the platform that it, being in the environment where we have pro fighters coming in and challenging pro wrestlers, and these guys aren't taking it easy. Don't think they are. They're smashing these guys left and right. I'm the, I'm the last stand for pro wrestling against pro fighting, but I also understand the dream match concept. I was a fan of Ali and Inoki. I was a fan of uh, Mayweather and Big Show. I'm all about attractions because I've been doing it for a long time and I understand the payoff. I got dream matches for myself and I got it on a list on my dry erase board, so I'm always challenging myself. The biggest thing I want to accomplish is facing George St. Pierre. So I would love to have a Major League Wrestling super fight, Loki versus George St. Pierre. I know he was dropping weight to go to to try to face Khabib at 155. With my body type, I can make any of the three weight classes that they have. So at 155, 170, 185, I can make that weight. If it's an issue of weight, I can make it. If it's an issue of experience, I'm already 22 years in. If it's an issue of high level of uh, experience, I've conquered every major television company in the world. So if there's anything that's left for me, it's going out at the highest level against somebody who's virtually unbeatable. And for me, as far as attractions, to me it would be Major League Wrestling Super Fight, low-key versus George St. Pierre. Look for that on the bottom line on ESPN tonight, sir. (laughs) Because that is... (laughs) Um, that is uh, news that I, didn't, I did not expect here in our conversation. Well, no one wow. does. No <laughs> one does. I keep everything to myself because I try to line everything up in advance, research and development, understand what the elements are in play. I understand if he goes and faces uh, Khabib, the price tag changes. I understand if he doesn't face Khabib, price the price tag is different. There's a lot of elements that go into creating something this large, and I have to understand that. This is my creation. This is what I want. And the thing is, to me, the ultimate challenge is GSP. If I get to do that, I think I'm done. MLW The Restart taking place on Wednesday, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock again. Check it out on YouTube, Fugo Sports as well. And uh, the MLW The Restart, it's been a while, but MLW has come back. I'm sure that you will enjoy The Restart and moving forward week by week watching Major League Wrestling. Loki, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for spending time with me here in Chicago. Well, thanks for, for asking me on. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for following Major League Wrestling. Major League Wrestling is something me and i've been able to be a part of its uh it's uh not restart this is this is the restart that's coming on but it's resurgence i should say more in 2018 until now and because i've been a part of that i've been able to see individuals grow within major league wrestling like salina intelligence growing i've seen uh, Jacob fought too. We may not see eye to eye, but he's a young stud. Um, I've been fortunate to be a part of the beginning of many, many developing things. This one is special to me because I think in this point of my career, I've accomplished so much. I really want my team to succeed. I really want them. I want MLW. I want my staff. I want my wrestlers. I want everybody to succeed because I've been able to stand apart from the industry for 22 years, I think we can do it as a group. And I think we continue to show that every time you see us on camera. I would agree with that. Based on what we've seen over the past few years, the stoppage and now the restart, I don't see how the momentum can stop again. (laughs) Well, here's to keeping it going until there's nothing that can stand in our way. 
Wow. That was a fun conversation with Loki. And we will isolate that interview. You can hear it in its entirety if you'd like. That's also part of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday as well. It's a standalone if you want to go back and listen to it. So you have to listen to all one hour plus of this podcast. It's a standalone 23, 24-minute conversation with Loki, which I thought was very fascinating. He's got a lot more on his mind than just pro wrestling, as you could hear. So really enjoy my conversation with MLW's Loki. There's so much I still want to get to. But I'm not going to give you a two and three hour podcast. I mean, you can find that anywhere. So we'll wrap it up here because I want to talk about Jim Hurd, too. For you, the wrestling fan, I found out what Jim Hurd had to say with Conrad Thompson. And so we'll try to get that in maybe next week. What Jim Hurd said about his time as head of WCW before Eric Bischoff. We'll get to that. Uh, maybe next week or down the road, but because I, I heard the entire interview, and I want to tell you about it, and I want to play some of it for you. We'll get to that eventually. So I'll wrap it up with this. Let me get to Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson now a agent slash producer with uh, All Elite Wrestling, and he was on his own podcast, The Arn Show, with Conrad Thompson. And I just want to just play for you something that. Many have wondered for years, right? There are a lot of wrestlers in the WWE that have been there in that company for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And they haven't reached the mountaintop enough. They haven't had sustained success on top. Now, everybody's not destined for on top, but there's some wrestlers that you see. Dolph Ziggler comes to mind from the men's division. Dolph Ziggler should have been world champion multiple times. More than just once or twice. I mean, he should have had a long run because you know how good he is as a wrestler. On the women's side, it would be Natty Neidhart, Natalia. How come Natalia can't get over in the WWE? How come she hasn't had a long run like some of these other female athletes, these female sports entertainers for the WWE? Why is that? Arn Anderson gives his thoughts on why Natty Neidhart, why Natalia can't Get over, get over on top. Conrad Thompson asked the question. Let's talk a little bit more about Natty for a minute because I've never really understood. I mean, I, I just think about her career and think about how important she's been to the women's division. And this is her only Divas title win. And she wouldn't win another belt with the company until, Gosh, I think August of 2017 is when she became the SmackDown Women's Champ. So you're saying nearly seven years later before she wins another. Does Vince just, does he not like her work? Does he not like her look? Does he not like her gimmick? Does he not like her heritage, being a heart? I mean, it feels like she checks every box you would want. I mean, based on what we see from the outside, model employee, has a good look, gear looks great, work is some of the best in the entire company, probably the most consistent for years and years and years. I mean, this is an era where there were a lot of, you know, quote-unquote models who learned to wrestle. Natty was a wrestler. And so when the women's division became about the evolution and, no, we wrestle now, I'm looking at Natty like, she wrestled the whole time. Was that, was, what was it about her presentation or what did she not have that Vince thought, oh, we got to go with her? It almost feels like a consolation prize for her to only have two title runs. You want to run down that that list of employee uh, isms that she had? Look good, always on time, never gave you any trouble, dependable. Uh, all those positives. I know exactly why she didn't get a push, don't you? Isn't it obvious? No. <laughs> she had all those attributes. She was easy to do business with, all those things. It's you've heard the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So she needs Natty, to be a shit disturber. Yeah, she yeah, that's that's probably what she was missing. She should have had an issue with everything that came out of creative. If you really wanted to get a push. She was so easy to do business with. She worked so hard to give you what you wanted. She was always on time. She was always there. Her gear looked good. You know, you name it. And at that particular point in time, her work really stood out because the ladies hadn't flamed up yet. Right. You know, we were still on that teeter-tottering. It was fixing to go to another level, but it hadn't quite flamed up. 
she had already flamed up. Her work was immaculate from day one. So hypothetically, if, if she uh, developed a substance problem or got in a fight backstage or no-showed some events or slapped Vince McMahon or cussed out a producer, maybe she'd have got a bigger push, but because she did none of that, she's just there. Well, she couldn't have done any worse. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't get it. Like, it feels like to me we should be talking about Natty Neidhart as being like, I don't know. It's weird, too, to see that when, when the women's wrestling in WWE got serious, it's almost like she got leapfrogged. Nope. Now it's about Charlotte, and it's about Becky, and it's about Bailey, and it's about Sasha. And don't get me wrong, those are all really fantastic performers. But I don't know that they gave Natty a fair shake to really, I don't know, her, her time in the sun. She's almost like, in a weird way, she's like the female version of Kofi Kingston. Dude did everything he wanted, blah, 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 and okay, we gave him his little run, and now, all right, keep doing what you were doing before. It's just weird to me. Well, before you get too upset, and I could tell your ass is a little chapter, <laughs> Natty has been there for a long time and made a lot of money without having to be the number one sure. female. And there's something to be said, trust me, I know, that if you're in that upper middle and you're a top performer, but you're not always booked on top, but you can be there for a long time and always in a good spot and always on the live events and always on your pay-per-views. You can have a huge career that just kind of floats underneath the, the wire. You're just, you're there and they know you're there, but you're not constantly in the spotlight where you're having to get that number or you're having to get that quarter hour or you're having to draw that house. You're the one they looked at, well, who was on top? There's also something to be said for floating along in that spot and just being there 20 years. At the end of 20 years, you got a pretty hefty bank account. So the thoughts there from Arn Anderson. You can listen to the rest of that on the Arn Show from Westwood One, wherever you get your podcast. Well, there you have it. Well, we've had a full show, and I'm over time. Look at that. What, hours six, hours seven? Let me get out of here. Uh, we'll have another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Uh, but I always tell you, guys, t- just tell someone. Tell someone that John the Hood is talking wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, every Tuesday. Don't forget about our YouTube page as well, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday there as well. Uh, having a fun time with you each week, giving you the best, I believe the best, in wrestling conversation. If you're listening and not sharing this content, you know, you and I have a problem. Don't be selfish with the content. Tell people that I'm talking wrestling, and you can find this, of course. Tell people they can find it on the ESPN Chicago app. If they scroll down on the ESPN Chicago app, they could be able to uh, find the podcast there. Or you're on SoundCloud or Stitcher or Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Hey, I'm here for you every single Tuesday right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. We'll do it next week, another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Don't forget Cap and Jay Hood. If you're into sports, check us out on the ESPN Chicago app, Cap and Jay Hood mornings, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 locally and also on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood mornings, check us out. All right, talk to you soon. Thanks so much as always for being part of Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. Uh-uh.